I love the way you say film. Oh, hello there. <laughs> I thought you were doing an Obi-Wan Kenobi thing there, like, hello there. Hello there. No, I wish. No, I just did one of those generic, energetic hellos. I saw that. Uh, thank you for listening to The Film Show. I'm your host, Owen Ronan, and I'm doing that thing again where I do a voice, but whatever. How are you, listener? Oh, are you serious? Oh, oh my no God. Way. No way. That's terrible. Hopefully it'll pass. He's hoping. Uh, I'm your host, Owen Ronane. With me is Mr. Brian Lloyd. How are you? How are you? Dee is not here. She's on holidays. She's in Crete. I saw Instagram stories from Heraklion. Heraklion. <laughs> is that... Have you been to Greece? I've never been to Greece. I've always wanted to go. No, though. I was meant to go. Uh, and I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I was meant to go. And I didn't. Next. Didn't they invent gayness? That's Father Ted quote, not bigotry, not bigotry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's homophobic. We've just turned homophobic all of a sudden. No, that makes sense. Um, Yeah, no, yeah. So D, it's just, it's just me and you, buddy. Yeah, it's actually kind of refreshing. Um, Because there's no girls, because girls are stupid. Yeah, now, what I want to know is, does D temper the shy talk? Yes. And the kind of, I don't, yeah, nerdiness, I want to say, I don't know. I would say, I mean, see, this is it, right? Like people like to say, like, oh, D is like, you know, she's, you know, the dependable one, and she's the one who's like gets it all back on track and all this mm, kind of thing. Yeah, that's a lot of bullshit. D's a fucking nerd, okay. <laughs> and D, if you're listening to this, you know, I respect you as a journalist, I respect you as a colleague, but you're a fucking nerd. Do you know she actually used to have an Assassin's Creed? I think she still does. Yeah, she have the Assassin's Creed thing on her desk. Yeah, she's a fucking nerd. Yeah, but she's a nerd, but she would probably bring it back She'd to... She'd probably bring it back. She's a bit more kind of focused than... She's, than me. Than, 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 <laughs> or than you. I also, yeah, yeah, than both of us. Also, That's I fair. think we're biased, though. I mean, we would listen to our own shite. Exactly. That's it, isn't it? As we do. As oh, we often do. Often do. <laughs> uh, so when I say we've got an exciting episode, that I really mean we're very nervous yeah. for how we're going to get by with two people. Right. But luckily, we're... But packed to the brim with content. To the hilt. And especially our Tarantino special. So yeah. what? We're going to be talking through a couple of movies culminating mm-hmm. in your review for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes. Can you yes. give us a sound hint as to... Ooh. <laughs> Did you get that? Yeah. Ooh. Oh, are you serious? That's, that's, that's how oh, I... Okay, yeah, that's, yeah. If, I, if I had to condense my review down to a non-verbal noise... Yeah. Like, hmm... I am surprised, but yeah, we well, surprising. You know, that's it. It is general surprise. We're gonna have to have a discussion about we this. We will have a discussion. About this. <laughs> but first, news. Movie news. So, um, first up, the trailer for Little Women debuted online. Yeah, I'm actually really excited for this. It's uh, Greta Gerwig. I can't help but there, there's something in the trailer where you're like, oh, it's a Greta Gerwig film. Like there yeah. was a. Kind of modernness to yeah, it. Yeah, there's this. Yeah, there's isn't there? There's a certain sort of like sensibility about it that it's. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm like. I mean, she's only done one film, like Lady Bird. Like, but like, yeah. I was watching. I was like, oh, this is really nice. And like, I'll I'll freely admit, like, I've I've never read the book Little Women. What? Have you? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I like, came to Little Women the same way most people did, where Rachel got Joey to read it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Or I mean, like, I mean, I saw the one with Winona Ryder years ago. I have. I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, I remember little bits of it, but I don't remember what. Now, it's funny. Um, 
every woman I've talked to about because uh, this is going to sound so fucking sexist and I really wish Dee was here exactly to, this to, is to what off. I was nervous about yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I w- wish she was here to offset this but like I was I Little Women is very important for a lot of women I know they it's like for a lot of them like it's the first book they read when they came into womanhood as yeah, you want to yeah, say. No, I didn't say that I didn't say that I didn't say that I didn't say that you no but that it is it's me. why it's a coming of age it's a coming of age thing. story yeah it's a coming of age story about owning your own self and like I mean that's the tagline for the film is, is own your story yes yeah and I absolutely get why Greta Gerwig was like that's the fucking second film I'm gonna make is gonna be Little Women like, yeah I totally get it um, Unbelievable cast as well. Fantastic cast, like Meryl Streep, Laura Dern, Florence Pugh from Midsummer, Saoirse Ronan, obviously, Timothy Chalamet, Eliza Scanlon. Yeah, like good, 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 good cast. Yeah. Um, if this doesn't get Saoirse Ronan her Oscar, my guess is, is that <laughs> like she has, you know, she's done something seriously seriously wrong in Hollywood and people just hate the her the academy are shaking in their boots yeah. do you know what I mean like they like if this doesn't fucking get her an Oscar Jesus Christ like because I was I remember watching Lady Bird I was like this this woman is she is fucking 25 mm. and the range and the depth of her performance in that film in Lady Bird I was like holy shit I've never seen this is incredible she's phenomenal yeah. she's fucking phenomenal and I didn't realise just how set, like again it's just pure ignorance like but the, yeah. she's the central central character of this in Little Women yeah yeah definitely yeah, Joe I Marsh. thought it was way more ensemble kind of yeah you kind of get that I mean buzz. it is obviously but it's a, yeah, I mean, like, it's about this, the March sisters kind of thing. Like, but yeah, I mean, I guess Sir Sharon is, it's her writing the story of yeah. her sisters. So obviously it's her telling it. So she kind of is the focal point. But like, you know, Greta Gerwig, I think, is a, is, is a director and a writer who is able to kind of, while you do have the one focal point, the surrounding cast, the supporting cast, yeah. are very much a part of the story. Like, as in, you know, when you watch Lady Bird, you're just as as much thinking about um, the mother character as you are talking about Beanie Feldstein. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like all and Timothy Chalamet in Lady Bird as well. Like you're talking about the supporting characters just as much as you're talking about her central yeah. performance. And I totally get why Greta Gerwig was like this actor, uh, Saoirse Ronan. She's able to interpret everything that I want in it. Like, yes, I've never yeah. seen. Like this is like. Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro levels of like understand the yeah, two talents understand yeah. each other and connect and geez god we could have many more years of it to come completely kind of like yeah like this is her second film and like Saoirse Ronan and like she's 25 like yeah fucking, like this could go on for years it's actually such a good point as well that I never really thought about before where she is a, a real anchor in a lot of movies it like even something like Brooklyn it's not like she's I mean obviously it's incredibly central but like She's never distracting from the plot no. or too eccentric in the roles or anything. Never. It's always very generous or yeah. something to the scenes they're in. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you look back. Uh, yeah, that's it. Like, I mean, it, it's that thing of like, she's not overbearing. I yeah. would never call her an overbearing presence in a film. And even her earlier stuff, like How I Live Now, like, that's a really gorgeous film. Yeah. Um, and really dark and just, yeah. Like, I mean, anything I've ever seen Saoirse on in, you're absolutely right. She is that kind of, a, she's that good of an actress that she can happily, happily share a scene with another actor and give them as much as they need to get through that scene and get the best out of that scene. Yeah. As if she was doing it on her own. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, literally, yeah. Like, she's, she's like, I, 
her and Michael Fassbender, in my mind, are the two greatest Irish actors we have working today. In my mind. They're and what about two. without the word Irish? Just, yeah. Because we're that, the bloody best anyway. No, but I mean, I mean not, to be, not to be all fucking egoistic about it, but like, they are two, in my mind, they're two of the best working actors today. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah, yeah. And what about uh, Chalamet? Are you looking forward to seeing that match up again? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I he's a bit of a meme at the moment, isn't he? he a bit of a heartthrob. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's a bit of a heartthrob. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really rate him, to be honest. I would now we're we're just kind of echo chamber in here, but that was kind of I that was the only time I was a bit nervous. Is I want to see how his scenes unfold in this. Yeah, I, I yeah I don't know. Like I mean, yeah I don't know. I yeah I, I, I like I mean like, I loved Call Me by Your Name. Did you? Yeah, I absolutely yeah. adored it, and I thought their chemistry was well. Yeah, no, it's not fair to slag him because I thought he was fantastic in it. Mm. But no, I don't even have a but. I'm just a hypocrite. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's like I I I. Anything I've seen Timothy Chalamet in, I'm always like, yeah, he's very, very good, and he's. Tr- I see him trying really hard. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, I always yeah. see him trying really hard. And you might be a bit too aware of it, kind of. Kind of, and then you look at Sir Ronan, and I always feel Sir Ronan is effortless. Yeah, it's effortless. Like you actually believe that she is this. 18-year-old kid in Sacramento who's sure. horribly awkward and you just as easily believe her as this feisty young woman who's completely self-possessed in, you know, 18th century New Yeah, England. absolutely. You know, kind of yeah, like, a, yeah. you, you, she, like she's as much as like people talk about Daniel Day-Lewis disappearing into a role and all that kind of stuff. It's so fair, yeah. I think, I think she's just maybe not as good, maybe not as kind of, you know, all-encompassing. Oh, well, for that age, Jesus. But, yeah, that's that's, that's it. She's fucking 25, and she's doing better work than most fucking actors do ever. Yeah. So, I meant to tell you, by the way, I could also act as well as that. I'm just a bit busy at the moment. I'm just, yeah, I just don't want to. I just don't want to. Yeah, I could be fucking ripped. I just don't want to be. Exactly. I don't want to be, yeah. Got a lot going on. Yeah, yeah. Podcasts. Podcasts. (laughs) I could do this. just don't want to. From one heartthrob to another, we've got Harry Styles has turned down the Little Mermaid role of yeah. uh, the Prince. Prince Eric. Um, God, I really wish Dee was here again because Dee goes gaga. You've no him. opinion on... I don't. I really don't. I'm so kind of over live action Disney movies now. Genuinely. Yeah. Actually, yeah. It's I'm the kind of fir- done. Isn't it a strange state of affairs where you could say... No, I'm not saying that's whether or not he signed up for it or why, mm. but... You know, it's they're not going to be critically no. acclaimed. No, I can't see. I can't see it being like, oh wow, they've turned the ship around with the Little Mermaid. I'm, as we said before, we're hopeful for Mulan, perhaps, but but that's no, that's no guarantee. It's no guarantee at all. Like, I mean, we 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 said this before about Mulan. Like, I think what was interesting about the trailer for Mulan was was that it seemed to be taking it very very seriously. No mm. songs. It's almost like a historical epic, like the fucking. Last Samurai Absolutely, or yeah. Hero or one of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you look at Lion King and Lion King was basically just a shot-for-shot remake. Yeah. It was like Gus Van Zandt's cycle. And then you look at something like Aladdin and... It was just a bit soulless. It yeah. was just a bit soulless, yeah. So like, I I mean, I don't necessarily think Harry Styles is, was that um, career conscious, if you know that kind mm. of way. I don't think he was like oh, I'm going to turn this down because I know live-action Disney movies aren't what they once were. Or yeah. I don't think it was that conscious. I think he just doesn't give a shit about acting all that much. 
I would have said the opposite. Where you think? He, yeah, I would have said he was turning this down so as not to get typecast into just pleasing One Direction fans. Perhaps, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Like, it's, it, like, look, he hasn't got a career yet. But no. Something like Dunkirk was really promising start. Very. Because it's a huge amount to say that he didn't look out of place in that film at Correct. all. Which is... Yeah, I don't know. Like, that is a big achievement. To it is. Maybe, like, some of the credits to Nolan as well, obviously. But Definitely. even during the press and stuff, at no stage did it ever feel like it was getting out of hand in terms of his... I mean, again, it was an ensemble cast. But yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, completely. Could he have... I mean, obviously, he's already... Whatever he wants, he could... Yeah, I mean, this is it. Like, I think he's... I, I honestly think he is the kind of uh, talent, if you like, that he can basically rock up to any fucking studio and be like, yeah, I want to be... Venom. Yeah, and they're yeah. like, sure, no problem. Yeah. Here, here, it's yours. Tell Tom Hardy to go fucking take a hike. It's yours. Does he go down the Robert Pattinson route then, where he does more kind of artistic I, stuff? Surely that's the way it's it. going. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Like, I mean, you know, Christopher Nolan was fairly open about the fact that, like, when Harry Styles turned up, he didn't really kind of get who he was. Yeah, <laughs> which is so believable. Which is yeah, which I completely. When I heard that, I was like, yeah, like, that's like he isn't I, in any of the literature yeah, Nolan's like, mm, been reading. Yeah, it's like mm, who's this man? Like, I, I do you I, have any <laughs> interest in time or time manipulation? Are you familiar with physics? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I, I, I. You know, him in Dunkirk, I thought, was great. You're absolutely right. He was able to... He looked completely in character and in place. Like, yeah. I had no... Like, I was... At no point was I watching Dunkirk and thinking, oh, fuck, that's Harry Styles. Yeah, it's like, exactly, yeah. Oh, my God, that's so terrible what they're going through. You know that yeah. kind of way? Um, and, yeah, like, I think, like, him doing Little Mermaid, you're right. I do think that's a case of, no, this is just me doing this to please One Direction fans and please people i don't find there to be any kind of artistic merit to this so i'm not gonna yeah, do it yeah and that that is credible i would believe that more than i would believe him being careerist if you know sure yeah way. exactly yeah um it's just interesting that it's so public and that it seems to have turned around in such a quick yeah space of time because it was being reported that he was gonna do it yeah and then he turned then he like apparently pulled back on it so that means late in the day kind of you know feck this or whatever yeah yeah i like you know, I don't necessarily think it would have been a better or worse film with him in it or with him not in it. Yeah. Um, Does that mean unsalvageable? Or it's too early. It's, yeah. it's too early. Obviously, I haven't seen anything about it. But like, I don't know. Just I, I personally think what's going to happen with these live action things is, is that they're going to finish out the current development slate and then they're just going to knock it on the head. Yeah. I think they've gotten lucky. I think I've gotten lucky with the amount of money that they've made so far off them, but I don't think it's going <laughs> to... In a seriously short space of time. Yeah, well. yeah. This is like, it's. I think the money that they're making for, for from these films, it's not going to... They need to continue. Offset they, the lost potential if they're yeah. taking it slower or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think, I think ultimately what's going to happen is, is that, you know... It's 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 an or it's it's just it's eating their own tail. They need to make something new. That's always been what Disney has been about. They make new things. Yeah, yeah. They try new ideas. They try new concepts. Like, and that's what people want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's really what people want. Like it's actually like if I had to think what my dream outcome of this, it's not that they'd find new ways to do different old IPs. It's that they'd shut down that department. Correct. For a decade or whatever. Or just yeah. Or just, Give me something new, like that. Things they're doing. They're doing a lot of Disney Plus reimaginations yeah. or whatever. What? What were some of those? Like IPs? Home Alone and National Treasure. 
or no, sorry, Home Alone and um, Night <laughs> in the Museum. I cannot wait for the National Treasure spin-off as like a TV show. Uh, no, 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 it was Night at the Museum. Sorry, oh, it was Night at the Museum. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. It was like, oh my God, if Nicolas Cage did a TV show about National Treasure. I Digitally would de-aged Nicolas Cage. Oh my God, I would so fucking watch that. I would so watch that. He's going to break into the GPO and save the proclamation. Oh my God. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Oh my God. Nicholas Cage running around Dublin. I've got distracted. Uh, we've also got a trailer. Uh, we don't spend too long on this. Yeah. Terence Malick's A Hidden Life. A Hidden Life, yeah. This is uh, based on a true story of Franz Jagerstatter, yes. uh, who was a conscientious objector in uh, World War Two, And he was basically martyred for refusing to fight the uh, fight for the Nazis. Thanks for that spoiler. Well, like, it's... <laughs> Like you watch the trailer, like the trailer is beautiful. It really, really is gorgeous. And we're talking, about, but like you know where it's going. Like um, August Deal is in it. Now he was the Nazi captain in Inglorious Bastards, and in fact, I, I was, absolutely yeah, yeah. But like it's funny. Like I was, I was reading through the uh, the cast list for it, and it's all like it's Bruno Gans from Downfall. No way. I thought he. So he's since passed away. He's since passed away. This was his last I film. Love Bruno Gans. Yeah. yeah. Michael Nyquist is in it as well from John Wick. Um, so it's all locally cast. It's all thing. like yeah, German actors, German and Swiss and Austrian actors. Yeah. No, Christoph Waltz though. Ah, I know. Yeah, he's had his time. He's kind of had his time. Glorious bastards. Yeah, I kind of wished he'd kind of been in on this, but I guess I'd not. watch him read the phone book anyway. Yeah, but then again, your man. August August Steele he was fantastic in that film as brilliant. well brilliant brilliant and he's like, got the same haircut in this film yeah that kind of like parted <laughs> over kind of way yeah no it's yeah it's, it's it looks I mean like it's you know eight minutes shy of three hours yeah so it's a long fucking slog. It's Terence Malick. It's Terence Malick. Like, and you were saying you hate you hated Tree of Life why did you want me asking why did you hate it and I'm not, and this isn't judgy. I've never seen Tree of Life. Why? Oh my god! Okay, right. Uh, never, ever go see a Terrence Malick film when you're hungover. Right. Do, like, have you? Are you film, familiar with this like, other so film? I don't, yeah. Like, I oh, I am an idiot. Right. Who just wants to watch Fast and the Furious? No, I'm not saying that. But there is a certain point at which the artfulness of a director's vision begins to grind my gears. Oh, yeah. And that is somewhere just past the thin red line. Yeah. The thin red line is gorgeous. Yes. And I completely understand why it is something to aspire to in terms yeah. of directing. Yeah. The performances in it, the gorgeousness of the... Th- and, like, again, with this trailer, check it out if you haven't heard it already It's or seen it. It's a... Uh, Stunning. It's like the, the way they shoot those German valleys yeah. or Swiss Alps or whatever they are. But would he ever give over yeah. and just chuck a few gags in there? <laughs> <laughs> How about some explosions, Terrence Malik? You know what I mean? Is, How about am a I, montage? Am I dead wrong to be that? Like, no, no, I'm trying no. to be a devil's like. I know what you're saying, yeah, no, no. I but know then when you get to a film, like, I, yeah, you ha- you should watch Tree of Life. Yeah. And do you know what? You might love it. And it's worthy of... The praise. It's worthy of a couple of essays, but yeah. you can hang on to them. Yeah. Because yeah. Hobbs and Shaw is... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, no I, no, I totally get it. Like, I mean, I, 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 
I, I've, I, there was a film he did. I think it was called To the Wonder mm-hmm. with Ben Affleck, and I, seen I it. it's, I saw that, and I was like, "What is this? Yeah, this is just like Jesus Christ! You are just yeah. going on and on. Like, and don't get on. me wrong, he's earned it. Oh, completely. And he like has. Yeah, it's not fair to say I'm not a fan of his. Yeah, but. Brian. Oh, come on, come on. Like, completely, like, completely. No, no, I'd no. Love, I'd love to get uh, listeners' feedback on this because I suppose there's a wide range of opinions on him. Yeah, that's it. I mean, some people love him. Some people yeah. like I mean, I, to be fair, like he's one of the few directors, I think, that, and again, this is so wanky, um, but he is an auteur. He has yeah. his own vision. Absolutely, he yeah. absolutely makes the film that he's going to make. And every time you watch his film, same with Wes Anderson, same with Quentin Tarantino, same with Michael Mann. You watch that film and within five seconds, you know you're watching a Tarantino yes, film. absolutely, yeah. Because the the camera freezes mm-hmm. almost and he just lets the natural... And Malik has this kind of insanely wide angle lens, almost home video approach where you're... And again, you see it in the trailer. You're yeah. in the bed with the family as yeah. they're laughing around and then, oh, like... Tree of Life is full of that crack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's the, the camera's like swirling right home life. There. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is to be praised, but and at the same time, it I can need be to have to... a better argument next week. That's not just oh, come off. No, no, no. But I get then it. again, like because that's why I'm I'm hopeful for something like this because it's it's got an anchor of yes. a very well trodden era. Yeah, and a plot. Yeah, and a place it needs to go, and conflict and stuff like that. Yeah where I'm sure he'll still find time to reminisce about the greater ideas in life, which is fine. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. No, yeah, like, I mean, I, like, totally, like, I, I can totally see why Tree of Life rubbed people up the wrong way because it's, yeah, it's completely unfocused and it's zipping in and out of stuff. And the same with that thing in Night of Cups, it was the same as well, and Song to Song. But this, there is a story. It is about a guy yeah. who has been captured by the Nazis. He was a conscientious objector. It's there is a very mm. clear, and he even said this as well. He's like, "No, I had a script. I stuck to it. Yes, I did yeah, that, which is rare. Yeah, which is rare for him. Very much so. The last time he would have done that would have been like something like the Thin Red Line. As you're yes, talking absolutely. About. So, yeah, I mean, I'm like, I mean, it would not surprise me in the side as have come Oscar season. This is high up on the list and Little Women as well the two of them yeah. in particular are both it's nice to be spoiled again it's not like these are it is, bad films coming out no like no these are d- d- yeah these two films for definite are going to be in Oscar contention okay and that brings us on to our final piece of news which is about some once upon a time in Hollywood controversy yeah. it's not the only one but no. why don't you dish it out to us yeah so basically uh, there was been a whole controversy about Bruce Lee's uh, scene in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood um, and I, I guess we'll kind of go into it in more detail in the review, but basically the gist of it was, was that um, Bruce Lee in the film is kind of seen as a bit of a cocky, arrogant fella. And Quentin Tarantino's basic kind of argument is, is that he really was a very cocky, arrogant guy. Yeah. And the people who knew him said it. <laughs> and he cited uh, Linda, Linda Lee's... Um, his wife's autobiography. His wife's or... autobiography, correct. Um, and basically said that, you know, that point he makes in the scene where he's like, oh, I could take Muhammad Ali. He actually really did say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also as well as is like, and I, this is a really strong point that Tarantino made. He was basically saying that like, you know, would Bruce Lee win against Brad Pitt? Of course not. Bruce Lee would kill him. He would kill him straight stone cold dead. 
Um, but Bruce Lee versus Dracula, who would win? Well, we don't know because it's a fictional character. Yes, and okay, right. So like, you know, yeah, maybe Dracula could kill him. And in this case, you know, the character that Brad Pitt was playing, he's like this former Green Beret. Brad Pitt beats him up. Yeah, beats him up. Right, it's one, it's, seen, it's, yeah. yeah, it's basically the scene is, is that uh, Bruce Lee's like, I could take Muhammad Ali and Brad Pitt character is like, no, you couldn't. Here we go, yeah. And then it's like, okay, best of three. That's a fair uh, point about the space of fictional characters correct, to yeah. do whatever they like. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's it. It's the freedom. And like what even happens in the film is, is that it's a best of three, best of three match. Lee gets the first round. Brad Pitt gets the second round. Sorry, spoilers. And then the third round is broken up before we actually find out who oh, wins. Okay, leaves it blank. Yeah, it leaves it, it leaves it open to the audience that like, okay, this guy could take Bruce Lee. He's a very capable character. He's a very fighty man. Sure. Fighty man. Oh, no, no. We're, fi- we're fighty men. Yeah, we're fighty men. <laughs> and yeah, and that's basically what Tarantino was saying. Like, I mean, like, you know, I get there is a whole thing of like, they were kind of making Bruce Lee the butt of a joke that he was so cocky and all this kind of stuff. But like, I think he was. Yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't have, I don't have trouble believing Bruce Lee was a cocky f- character. Yeah. I don't have any trouble believing that. And does, what about when you're toying with people's legacies and estates? Correct. I mean, is that that's where it, it becomes it? more of an issue where. That, that is it. I mean, surely he would have had to like actually buy the rights and so on. No, I don't think his so. his likeness I, before no, I don't you know for so. a culture. Do you not normally get in touch with the estate? Or I don't necessarily think you do. I think when fair it's, use. I, I think yeah, I think it's fair use. I think in the case of like when it's um, you know, if you're not telling, if you're telling a fictional story with a real character in it, I think you're you get off the hook, and that's what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is. It's a fictional story. Like, yeah, Bruce Lee did not fight a stuntman on the set of Green Hornet it, for that, the crack. Yeah. For the crack, okay, like, that yeah. didn't happen. Like. Okay, fine. He might have said, "Yes, I can take Muhammad Ali," but like he definitely didn't fight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so like, yeah, you can yeah. get away with it. Like, um, and yeah, I don't know. Personally, myself, I think it's just, I think it's a bit of, I think it's a bit of a bullshit argument, to be honest. Is a controversy for controversy for the sake of controversy, and I know that's a bit of a that can be a red flag with people, but I do think that's controversy for the sake of controversy. We know whose side you're going to be on in this upcoming Tarantino review. (laughs) (laughs) But first, we've got, what, an extra special rundown. Just generic special about a bit of Tarantino chat. Into. Um, I'll start off with this, and I because I I have this belief, and this is kind of like a thing from Pulp Fiction, but we'll get into it. I honestly think your favorite Tarantino, and I say you as in you, the listener. Okay, yeah, uh, and you own. Thanks. Um, is that your favorite Tarantino film says a lot about you? Mm-hmm. I think it's quite revealing. I think it's in the same way of like, you know. If you say, oh, what's your favorite meal or what's your favorite band or what's your favorite whatever? I think it's automatically gives you a, oh, they like this. Yeah. Um, and how I said that is because I was talking to somebody um, and I asked him, I said, I, I said to her, I said, okay, because she was, at, I was, at, she was basically asking me, okay, what I, do you think I'd like it? Do you think I'd like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? And I said, oh, well, what's your favorite Tarantino film? Yeah. And she said, Death Proof. Oh. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, exactly. I had the exact same reaction. I had the exact same reaction. It was like, Death Proof? And she was like, yeah, I really like Death Proof. And I was like, why? 
Favourite? Favourite? Is that... I'd chance my arm and say it's on the bottom of everyone's list. It's It'd be fairly down... Be, it's definitely down my list. It's way down my list. Um, we'll get to the ranking in a bit. Oh, you're going to rank? We, well, we can do the ranking. I mean, okay, it's on yeah, site. Yeah, yeah. Like, but like, yeah, like, and she's, I, she said debt proof. And I said, why, why fucking debt proof? Like, she was like, oh, I just, you know, I loved Kurt Russell in it. I loved that kind of grind vibe, aspect, grinders yeah. aspect of it. I loved that it was kind of like a horror and it was really fucked up horror. Um, but then our second favorite film was Pulp Fiction. I was like, okay, well, that make that tracks. That right, I yeah. Um, <laughs> I love, I literally, I can't, I, I'm going to have difficulty uh, analyzing or critiquing Pulp Fiction because I, it's such a big part of pop culture that yeah. I associate it with like 13 year old lads going like, you mean you haven't seen Pulp Fiction? You haven't seen Pulp Fiction. Isn't it? Isn't it though? But that's it. Like, I mean, like when you say, when you're like, yeah, Pulp Fiction it is and like. Fight Club are the two films. Yeah, that's it. You go into any hostile common room or. That's it. Like, that's it. Lads are driving. That's it. Or, it's like Pulp Fiction is in there. Yeah. Like, I know. Like, and that's it. Like, I mean, I think, I think that's what's kind of like. It's, it's. It's we, transcended for a reason. Yeah. It's a very good story. It's well a really told. well made fucking. Like, you're like, <laughs> yes, it's really good. Ah, like I like I yeah, like you kind of want to be like, no, actually, I don't think it's so good. I think no, it's fucking. It's but it's it fucking is. Like, yeah, no. it fucking <laughs> is like I shit like I like any time. I'm in like, no rush to watch it again. Yeah, but I've but seen it. Like, I've seen it. Like, like times. I, I, exactly. That's it. I can literally. Yeah. Like you can play any scene in the film. Like oh yeah, I know when that is. That's when that happens. And all. And here's what comes next. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's seen it that many times. It's brilliant. Yeah. It is like um. My favorite Tarantino film is though Jackie Brown. Yeah, and I swear to God, this is not a fucking hipster, contrarian, contrarian hipster, hipster trust you, bullshit. Right. No, seriously, I the reason why I love Jackie Brown is, and I want to hear yours after this. The reason why I love Jackie Brown is is that it is so subtle. It is a really well written, well made character stuff yes yeah yeah you know what i mean like it's so fucking raw and honest and real yeah you know like and there is that thing in tarantino's films that it's always a sense of heightened reality like you know in pulp fiction is a sense of heightened reality and that kill bill and inglorious bastards is a further step back from reality yeah but jackie brown i could you 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 feel like you know, or you at least you could feel like you could know a real Jackie Brown. Yes, yeah, it's such no, a well thought out character. It's so well thought out character. Like this is a woman, brilliantly her, acted as well. Brilliantly Jesus. acted. Pam Greer, she should have won every Poxy Award going for that. Mm. But like that idea of like you know, a woman in her forties, and you know she's kind of lost her way, and she's not really sure of herself anymore, and she's just getting by. Yeah, and that. You know, even the amount of money that she steals, it's like, what is it? Like, it's 150 grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. a huge amount of money. She's going to change her life, like, yeah. That, but that, that, that's it. Like, 150 grand is going to change her fucking life. And that's such a small amount of money. Like. Yeah, yeah. But that's enough, like. And obviously, there's a lot of discussion around uh, Tarantino's female characters. Yeah. And what do you think? Can people just point to Jackie Brown and go, no, look, he's already done it? Yeah. Or is, I mean, obviously it was part of a bigger genre, the kind of black exploitation. Black exploitation, yeah. So she as is drawn on a couple of character tropes as well. But oh, completely. What do you think? I think, yeah, like, I mean, I think, you know, his knowledge of, his knowledge and his love of black exploitation gets through 
the camera like you read when you watch it you know that this is somebody that loves black exploitation and this is it i love black exploitation as well so that's why i probably have a real big fucking yen for this but it's not overbearing yeah it's not overbearing at no point in this film does it like you know yeah it doesn't become a big exactly yeah alleyway shootout regressive kind of correct yeah it's not regressive it doesn't insist upon itself like the only kind of part of this i would say that is black exploitation in an in a very pronounced way is the soundtrack okay yeah yeah yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like so it is the use of music the like use that of music stuff. is very black exploitation and also as well the fact that like there's a double cross and that it's yeah. like you know there's it's a private investigator there's a private yeah. investigator or there's a bail bondsman involved or that it's de niro in it is really good as well. de niro is so <laughs> good in it but he's not in it for that much and even when he is in it he's like he's so not him yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like De Niro giving this big, huge thing. He's like this... He's just a bit of a loser, yeah. Kind of, it's exactly. brilliant to see, yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, that's it. He's a fucking loser. Like, he's like a failed bank robber. And he's just yeah. like, oh, okay. I guess yeah. I'm going along with this kind of thing. Like. Because that's another thing that I really like about Tarantino, actually. <clears throat> you forget that, like, he does have a cast yeah. that he reuses. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, I know, like, Samuel L. Jackson has been in, like, basically every, you know... Tarantino film and stuff yeah. but like he I there's a reason Tar- Tarantino knows how to get every he knows how to squeeze every fucking bit of talent out yeah. of Samuel L. Jackson and Jackie Brown is in my opinion Samuel L. Jackson's best film it would be this and it would be A Time to Kill really I would think yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I really do enough, think yeah. that um, and Ordell Roby like I mean he like come on like he's so <laughs> He's so <laughs> fucking cool. I was just thinking of when I was thinking of De Niro, I was trying to think of other small appearances. This wasn't direct, but famous, you know. Yeah. True romance. Yeah. Gary Oldman as that pimp. Yeah. Like, that's it. Like That's uh, great writing. Dre- yeah, great yeah. Casting. That's it. Drexel. Like, yeah. It's that thing of like, you'll turn up in one or two scenes, but your impact is felt throughout the film. Like, sure, yeah. It's like that kind of, kind of thing of soft power. Um. But yeah, no, I I will always I will always say Jackie Brown is Quentin Tarantino's best film. It's his most complete. It's his most subtle. He's not using any of his bullshit, mm-hmm. um, and he's still. But it's still quintessentially his. Yeah. What is your favorite Tarantino film? Uh, I was thinking about this when you asked me right. earlier, <laughs> and I think it's Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Okay. Why? I loved it. I came out of it. Absolutely beaming, enjoyed every second of it, and then watched it like three times in the cinema or something like that. The first time I saw it in the cinema, did I tell you this already? No. Uh, um, it got to Michael Fassbender's scene in the bar where they sneak into the German yeah, yeah, yeah. Nazi uh, bar and uh, your man catches him out. August. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he holds up the fingers. Power went in the cinema. <gasps> oh no! Yeah. Oh no! Yeah. Oh my god! They sent everybody out into the lobby, and uh, I think most people left. And then they said they got it back up and running again, and let us back in. And whatever way the reel worked, I think we had to watch the same maybe fifteen minutes again or whatever. Right, right, right. But because I got to see that scene twice from the start with a big feckin' cliffhanger, it's just burned into my brain. I think it's so well told. Yeah. And I just think the whole movie in general, again, we talk about Terrence Malick being tied down by a World War II genre. Yeah. It's class seeing what 
he Tarantino's sensibilities can do with yeah. something like that. Like even just Brad Pitt's character. I don't like do you remember the bit where the fucking um what's the name of your man they're doing a flashback to the German guy? Oh yeah, Hugo Stiglitz. And it just goes Durner. Durner. Samuel L. Jackson comes in yeah. as the Hugo narrator. Stiglitz was a German army. <laughs> yeah. He killed over twenty five people. It's yeah, that it's kind of so thing. That's cool. pure tar- and like again, he's pulling from that kind of black exploitation. Yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. But uh just that kind of yeah, that juxtaposition, I think. And even someone like Eli Roth, like yeah, who I you know wouldn't be mad I about. I would have in real loved life, to have seen. I but... tell you what, though, would have loved to have seen Adam Sandler in that role. <laughs> he was supposed to be in it. And did you see? No, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. Adam Sandler was supposed to be uh, was supposed to be the bear Jew. And yeah, there's a deep fake of Adam Sandler. No yeah, way. With, with, that's oh, it. do you know what? He would have been amazing. Where was he? He, I think he was doing one of his. I don't know what he was in. He just didn't want to do it, apparently. Do you know the exact same thing happened where Simon Pegg was meant to be in Glorious Bastards? That's right. Uh, he was meant to was be... He, I think he was going to be um, a feckin' uh, Austin Powers, Michael Myers. Michael Myers' character, yeah, that's he right. He was yeah. meant to be the guy dishing out the... Uh, yeah, the, the mission or the mission, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is gas because, like, following Simon Pegg for ages with, through space and stuff. So, he's always playing that role of, like, the lad who got to eventually be in films and is constantly baffled by it or whatever. Yeah, that he's just like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. but even, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, so that's mine. No, yeah. no, it's true. Like, yeah, like, I mean, I I do, uh, this is going to sound so fucking narrow. Oh, here we go. But, I didn't even mention Christopher Waltz. But yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, like, I mean, me and um, me and my girlfriend, our, the film that we kind of seem to like shout at each other in the house is bits from Inglorious Bastards. That's a bingo. Yeah, yeah, that's a bingo. Yeah, and stuff like that. Or is in like, Au revoir! Shoshana! <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like, even like the other bit where it's like, um, the, the bit the bit that we always kind of do is, is that, and it's so fucking nerdy. It's a bit where uh, Landa turns up at the restaurant. They're going, ah, Landa! <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly that, but scenes like that, like yeah. the, the pressure he manages to build in that cafe scene. Oh my God. He's just dishing out some cream. That's it. <laughs> Wait for the cream. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's, and like even the bit where he's like holding the cigarette and he's like, there was something I was meant to say to him. But I've forgotten. Yeah, he's so... And I feel like, I'm like to me anyway, that was the first time I'd seen him. And that yeah. definitely became like a lot of the crit- critics' responses and the main dialogue was like around how the film good was, Chris who's this guy? Was. Yeah, yeah. he's incredible yeah, in the incredible, role. incredible, incredible. Did he win Best Supporting Actor? He did. Uh, he won the Oscar that year, I think. Yeah, 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 um, he did. Like the open... Uh, but the one the one thing I will say, I remember seeing Glorious Bastards in the cinema and I remember that opening scene when the with the shot of him walking over the floorboards yes yeah with, the, with, the, with all the that's exactly it yeah that scene it was like that is such a because cool... it was almost written in such isolation yeah where it's just a little snapshot of who this character is yeah or whatever yeah but, the, but you know the, but just just to get really nerdy with it um the camera angle of him looking down or is in but the camera's in the in the rafters yeah and it's him walking over the floorboards with the bullets and then he just like it's that little that is exactly, so, with yeah. the music and that's how you start the film yeah exactly like Do you know what i i was trying to figure out how i knew about that scene and i think it might have been in an issue of empire or something like yeah. that but they had like they had a the big script yeah. or the storyboard or something yeah where maybe that's why i love it so much it was the first one where i was officially up to date on tarantino yeah uh, so excited and just back flipping to be like this is coming out soon yeah. and then it 
it came out. It was fantastic. And it was everything you hoped it would yeah. be. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading that feature in Empire as well. Yeah, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, like, I mean, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, I, I don't know where I put Inglorious Bastards in the ranking, but, sure. like, it's... You know, for me, like it would be inglorious, but I, I, I think this is the ranking I gave it. But I would put, <laughs> I hope it is. But I would go inglorious bastards, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, yeah. and Jackie Brown. Yeah, I also have a very strong bond with Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Did you know? <laughs> what? Yeah. So when I was in school, yeah. I tried to get a stage play production of Reservoir you know, Dogs, Fassbender and then I found out Michael Fassbender yeah. tried to do the same yeah. thing. No, he did do it. Yeah, he put, he, he so what, he put on a, sh- yeah, a the, stage show. Yeah, the story was, was that um, Michael Fassbender, when he was like starting out as an actor, he basically needed to fund, they were doing like a fundraiser in his secondary school or something like that. And he basically made a stage production of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. And he then told Quentin Tarantino about it when he was auditioning for Yogi. He, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, I did that. And Quentin Tarantino was like, yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. I don't care. Yeah, that's cool. That's Whatever. Cool. Cool. No yeah, way. He was like, yeah, that's cool, man. I just don't want people making money off me. You know what I mean? You do. Yeah. That's so typical. Yeah, Fassbender was like, oh, cool. He yeah. got the role. How got- big was Fassbender wasn't that big. Was that after he wasn't that big, no. Shame. Uh, or no, uh, Hunger even. Yeah, I think he'd done he Hunger. Done yeah. yeah, I think he'd done Hunger. And oh, well, then he was. He was on the way. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah he was on the way. But like, I think <laughs> I would, I know, I would say. A Tarantino casting is always a big deal. Anyway. It's always it's a big not deal. a small step for you. Like, yeah, exactly. And like, I think the fact that Fassbender was like bilingual, that he was able to do an English accent so well and could and do the German. German yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But um, yeah, Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, like, I mean, Jesus. Like, I, I think Reservoir Dogs is a perfect example of how Tarantino was able to use music, but also um, make it seem like the music was absolutely written for that scene and yeah, nothing else. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Are you like, talking you, about my Sharona and Pulp Fiction or whatever? Oh, no, no, no. Um, uh, stuck in the middle of you. Stuck in the middle of you. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Like you watch that, that, totally feels like it was written for that yeah even the fucking intro little green bag like that's it yeah that's so like perfect for that scene and that moment and that costume and that everything yeah exactly like because even like as we were building up to talk about once upon a time and stuff and i haven't seen it Mm. i wasn't in that excited and i could like i could feel a little bit maybe it was all the media i've been reading lately about critiques of him a lot of which are pretty well found very 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 much so yeah and but I just and like they, that's not to go against any of his potential misogyny, but sure. like I forgot, I genuinely forgot just how much cinema of his I have enjoyed yeah. again and again. Like, and Reservoir Dogs is the pinnacle of that, I think. Really, where yeah, it just came at exactly a time where you're getting you into getting movies, movies yeah. and you go, Oh my god, this movie this is so cool and because it's his first and because like i remember him talking about i think people were asking him how he gets funding or how would someone start out going to get funding yeah and he's at a panel or something and he says uh make a fucking unbelievable movie like i did with reservoir <laughs> dog you want to read the script to that film it kicks ass and he's right like yeah. he, he like and that's always been part of his personality anyway but that whole thing of like it's it's a load of assassins in a cafe talking about whether or not they should tip the waitress. And that, it almost actually sounds old now. Yeah. Or like, that's a that's a scene where you'd be like, oh, very good. But that's so cutting edge at the time. Yeah. And still is. And still, still is. is so engaging, like. Yeah, totally. Like and he- then it's almost a shoebox thing where it's all set in that warehouse. Mm. 
You've got people coming and going as if it's a stage play. You've got Tim Roth bleeding in the corner. You've got a fucking brilliant film. That's it. That's it. It's like a fucking Hitchcock thing where it's like one, like like rope or something. Like it's sure, like yeah. yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's so tight. And it taught me so much about what you can do with films. Exactly. And how much of it because it, it is. It's literally people leaving stage left, coming back in. I don't know, yeah. It is, no, you're absolutely right. Like, I mean, that's, you're absolutely right. Other than the flashback scenes, which you could excise from mm-hmm. a stage play, it is a stage play. Yeah. Like, when, like, you know, when they go into the bathroom and he's like, I need you to be cool, are you cool? Like, that's yes. literally just... It's an aside, like... That's an aside, like, yeah. you know what I mean? When they come back in, Tim Roth's bleeding in the corner, like, that's... Yeah. Jesus, like, you Kind know, of just sounds like we're play, praising drama now. <laughs> no, but, that, but that's it. Like, no, 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 completely. Like, I mean, again, it's that thing of like, and again, this is so wanky, but like, there's the saying that like actors in theatre have is, is that if it's not on the page, it ain't on the stage. Like, mm-hmm. and that's it. Like, when you strip back all the layers, yeah, there's a really good script there. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's what's kind of, I feel anyway, I think that's what been what's been missing from Tarantino's work of late is that he has lost that sense of tightness. That is true. That's that's really fair. And like because you know how long is River of Dogs? Less than two hours anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's tight. Like yeah, it's tight. Pulp Fiction a little bit longer. I guess it's about two two ten maybe. But again, it's cutting between so many threads. Exactly, exactly. Which again was brand new. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. The idea that was well, like I mean, not they brand new. It in the Simpsons, like yeah, the pastiche, yeah. like yeah, totally. And then you know, look at Jackie Brown. Same again. It's about two hours in and around. Kill Bill, two movies, but split into one. Yeah, it's two hours each. Like it's you know, like there is that thing about his editor Sally Menke. And yeah, she died and how much and, she did and for him, she, yeah. she what she did for him, like, and it, it does. You know, it is absolutely one of those things where it's like, you know, a good editor can really save a film. Especially like, for something like Kill Bill. Correct. Like, I don't want to, I didn't, that was, again, before um, Inglorious Bastards, that was the first time I was like, oh, there's a new Tarantino. And yeah. just the right age to be that you can really, be, into, really into it and really Someone holding it. a katana. Yeah, oh, come on, like. <laughs> Come on. Sake. Jesus. But again, yeah, the edit on that and the stylization helped yeah. it out. Yeah. A lot. Going into, I suppose, go into our review now to yeah. Once Upon a Time. Wait, have we I... left out my one last tidbit? Oh, no, sorry. Please, yeah. I walked out of The Hateful Eight. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about The Hateful Eight. Uh, the Hateful Eight, uh, there was a road show version of it yeah. that was three and a half hours long. I believe that, yeah. And they had an intermission. And at the press screener, I won't say who, I won't name them, people left. Right. People actually left during the intermission. They were like, okay, fuck this. We're going. And this was a press screener. They didn't pay money for this. They were like, seen enough. We're going. <laughs> I think The Hate Blade is his worst film. Really? Yeah. Well, no, because you were just, I'm shaking my boots because that's what I did. I saw it in IFI in 35mm and I still, I've heard tell there's a... Were you at that screening? Uh, no, I just paid for it. No, oh, no, right, no. okay. I'm just a man. But I, uh, I've heard tell that there's a twist in that film and I have yet to find out what it is. Have you not come back to watch it? No. Oh my God. <laughs> but no, it's made me way more excited. To, I literally heard like last month, like, oh, that was going somewhere. Because I was really unhappy at how yeah. much like... 
So should... uh, no, I am the idiot. Like I, I've walked no. out of a film without getting the plot of. No, the, no, no. Film, I mean, like, no, no. Especially I... one which I believe centers on a lot of trickery. But yeah, yeah. But like, no, I fucked up. No, like, no, no. 100%. It was so long. Like, yeah. Like, there's a lot of fans out there of it. It does. And yeah. again, it's tight. Like it's it's contained in it's a location. It but is, it's not. It's tight. not disciplined. It's not disciplined. This is it. You're absolutely right. It is a contained story, but it is so fucking indulgent. It is so luxuriant. He spends fucking minutes upon minutes upon minutes of building tension and building characters and doing this and doing that. And like, you know, you look at Inglorious Bastards, you get everything you need to know about Hans Landa from the first scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You get everything you need to know. He's really slick. He's a polyglot. He is completely ruthless. Yes, yeah. But he is has He's eccentric and fun, but is ice and fun, cold and but he's is very ice much cold. the villain, yeah. Exactly. You look at pulp fiction, you learn everything there is to know about Butch from the first scene. Yeah. You know, quiet guy, reserved, taking the money. You know what I mean? Like but in Hateful Eight, okay, fine, there are eight characters and they're all individual in their own way. Yeah. He fucking spent so fucking long, like Jesus Christ! It's just yes, you could do this in a much more cleaner economic way. Yeah, and is that is that ego? Is it? That's I mean, ego. It, I mean, it's fair to say that is ego. That is one hundred percent. That is him. I'm fucking flexing his auteur muscles or whatever. Correct. That's him. I'm fucking Quentin Tarantino. I know what I'm doing here. Uh, I'm going to make this nearly three hour horror film. And fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. Um, and that's fine. And that's good. He's earned it, I think. I think he's earned it. Um, but Hateful Eight is shit. Like, I gave it two and a half stars and I feel very, very fine about that. Right, I yeah. You know, like, I've done reviews where I've like, oh, I don't know, I should have given that more. I should have given less. Hateful Eight, I was like, no, I feel like I was right yeah, on the money yeah. with that one. Like, I do think it's his weakest film. Like, Exactly, yeah. Django is better. Yeah. Django was long as well. But not perfect. But not perfect. By no means perfect. I almost wish he hadn't cast Christoph Waltz and saved him for something else. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say about it, though. Do you know, like, I love yeah, Leo in it. Yeah. Um, but that was all when it was really building up to Before the Revenant. Yeah. You're, you want, you were so rooting for Leo. Yeah. And I still am. But actually, well, okay, feck it. Go Give on. us your review. Oh, yeah, for once upon a time. <laughs> How are you going to preface this? Have you got any... Well, okay, obviously... I don't want to just know where it is in the ranking of all his canon because I don't think it's that fair. No, I don't think I don't think, I, I don't think I could put it in the ranking just yet. I don't think I could. Yeah, yeah, fair. Because I want to watch it again. I Before, like, I mean, before, if I was to place it into the ranking, I'd need to... I'm going to go see it over the weekend yeah. again, like... Um, but uh, what I will say is, is that as a film... It is enjoyable. It is very, very entertaining. When you're watching it, you want to be in that world. You want to hang out with it. Like you want to like hang out with Cliff and Rick. They're yes. so cool. Like they're very, very cool. But like cool in the sense of like it's not as if they know everything and they're always have the right answer and all that. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, I think, gives a very vulnerable performance in it. Really, like the yeah. character that he's playing, Rick Dalton, he's basically like a failing actor. Like he's a TV actor. You know, his show Bounty Law got cancelled and now he's kind of bouncing between the different TV shows. I love the idea that they've actually gone and shot some of these shows as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. There's a real uh, attention to detail. Correct. Yeah, that's it. And that's the other thing about it is, is that 
he uses real TV shows and almost recreates them. Like there's a scene, you've probably seen it in the trailer where he's popping up out of a, a, a pickup truck and shooting a shotgun. And that's from a TV, a real TV show called FBI. Slick. And the guy that he was, they use real footage from the from the show and the person who played that role was Burt Reynolds. No way, yeah. right. Um, which I didn't realise. So yeah, so like, obviously, you know, looking at Pulp Fiction, looking at Reservoir Dogs, looking at Jackie Brown, looking at all his films, we know that Clint Eastwood is an aficionado of, you know, like 60s and 70s TV. Eastwood? Eastwood, yeah. And he loves Clint Eastwood and he loves spaghetti westerns and he loves exploitation films and all that kind of thing. So this is him basically making a big love letter to all these films. But also as well... Oh wait, you said Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I said Clint Eastwood, yeah. Like as in like... Um, as in Tarantino loves? Clint Eastwood, yeah. He loves like those like spaghetti westerns. Oh, like, sorry, okay. Yeah, spaghetti sorry. westerns like Once Upon a Time and the way... Or not Once Upon a Time, but um, Fistful of Dollars. Yes, of course. Yeah. Um, I just turned my brain inside out for a bit of there. That's all right. But no, but like Clint Eastwood really was a failing TV actor and then he did those westerns and yeah. then that fucking made him his career like um and yeah and like that's it like yeah like Leonardo DiCaprio's character Rick Dalton like he is a failing actor but he really wants to try his best and he really is trying but he just can't seem to kind of catch a break like and then his next is he a likable character is he yeah he's a likable character but likable in the sense of like there's no way you could... You wouldn't think you could buy Leonardo DiCaprio as a neurotic failed actor. Yeah, brilliant. But he then, like, it's like, oh, wow, he really is doing this really, really well. My God, he's such a good actor. Like, And then, like, um, Brad Pitt's character, he's this sort of, like, bit of a creep. Oh. Bit of a creep. Like, he's I've only a, heard the kind of chilled out He's chilled dude out. Yeah, he's a chilled out dude, and he's like... You know, like, yeah, I'm with him and he's my buddy. And like, he's... Which you, doesn't sound that far off his real life kind of No, vibe. no. But like, I mean, it's more sort of like Brad Pitt's character is kind of like the lackey to Leonardo DiCaprio's yeah. character. But the relationship is never like, he doesn't lord it over him and he doesn't feel resentful. It's just like they're mates. And it's like, look, my mate is famous. He's a really famous actor. I'm giving him a dig out. He yes, pays me. Yeah. We kind of just have that sort of dynamic. That's a nice dynamic to explore. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And it's that's it. That dynamic is, is explored. And it's never done in a sort of... I never felt bad for anybody. If that makes sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't feel bad for uh, Cliff Boot, even though he does live in kind of a bit of a shitty place. And he is a bit of he a shitty... He must feel car- bad for Sharon Tate. Well, now that's just the other oh. thing. And this is this is the next part of it. Now, I hope this isn't spoiler filled because I'm no. very confused about what the third act of this is going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I would say about it, like, okay, again, we were talking about con- controversy for the sake of controversy. There was a whole thing made about the fact that Sharon Tate's character doesn't actually say a lot in this film. Um, that's bullshit. Uh, when you watch the film, you are completely aware of her presence in the film. Yeah. The difference is, is that uh, an extended part of her, uh, I guess you would say, arc or story or whatever in the film is, is she actually goes, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate goes to a cinema to see herself in a film, a film called The Wrecking Crew. And it's Margot Robbie in the cinema looking up at the real Sharon Tate. Brilliant. And her kind of, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate reacting to the audience, laughing at her 
and like being like, oh, you, you know, like you get that whole kind of sense of like Sharon Tate's career is on the up and up. Yeah. And she's experiencing what it's like to see herself on screen for the first time wow. with an audience. Yeah, yeah. And they're all reacting to it. And she's loving that reaction. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe. So you get to go on that ride with her. You get Exactly. That's it. You get to go on that ride with her. You get to see her going to the parties at the Playboy Mansion. Or she goes and hangs out with Steve McQueen. Okay. Or she goes yeah. and hangs out with Mama Cash. And like, oh, that's so is cool. Steve McQueen cast Steve McQueen, well. yeah. It's oh, um, Damien Lewis. From oh, Band of Brothers. It's and he's so fucking well cast. Oh, that's brilliant. He's I so didn't even know. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, he's so fucking well cast in it. And even the guy who plays Roman Polanski, Roman Polanski yeah. has no lines in the film. God, right. But it yeah, it's that thing of like you're seeing the innocence and you're not even innocence, maybe. Like you're seeing the 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 joyfulness of being in Hollywood in the 70s mm. or in the 60s rather. And it's so cool. But then it seems a lot of the criticism is about her being like a, a cipher or a, yeah. an embodiment of Correct. values or whatever. But do you think, does does that not still count as taking away her voice? No. The I same don't... way as those like, uh, what am I, what's the phrase I'm trying to come up with where it was, or, or remember where it's like, uh, you know, pixie women. Oh yeah, Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Yeah, yeah. from Eternal Sunshine or whatever. Yeah. Where, I don't know, is I don't that know. not a fair I criticism mean... where it's like a 2D female <sighs> aspirational character? Or... I mean, yeah, I guess. I, I, that's fair. That is fair. It is fair to say that like Sharon Tate's character in this is aspirational. She is representing the best part of Hollywood. Like she gets to go to parties and she's friends with Steve McQueen. Yeah, yeah. And her career is on the up and up, and she's experiencing it for the first time. That's fair. I think that was really true for Sharon Tate. I do think that she was this character in in real Hollywood that her career was on the up and up, and she could have really been this huge star she was on she was a rising star yeah so like in the sense of the story it's here is a a rising star in hollywood here's a fading star in hollywood here's what it's like on the downward slope here's what it's like on the upward trajectory and that is quentin tarantino exploring hollywood and exploring his own career and like you know he's made mistakes and he's made films that didn't do so well and he's made films that did really really well and this is him exploring that. Um, you know, giving her more lines, yeah, fine. But like, I mean, Margaret Robbie was brilliant in it. Yeah. And she is very much the third lead in this. Like, yes. she's very much a part of this film. It just so happens that like a good chunk of her scenery, her scene work in it, she's not saying anything, but she's in it. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, she's absolutely yeah. in it. I love that the dynamic is me trying to pick apart having not seen the yeah film. that's yeah. it like, see, that's it yeah that's no exactly. but I like this yeah no, no, no it's but, good that you but can it's, have to defend no, it yeah but it, 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 it's that's what I'm saying I think I because I went into it exactly the same as you yeah I was like, I've read a couple of articles I've read a on couple of internet. articles yeah. about this what is this like going on with this like and like Margaret Robbie's a really good actor like why yeah. isn't he using her but, but then I saw it and came out and was like oh no no that's all bullshit yeah she absolutely deserved the character's purpose is yeah the character's purpose was correct her use as a cipher, I think it's valid. That's true. It is using her as a cipher, but he's not being exploitative about it. Sure. And that's the final point I would say about, and I don't, I don't want to get into spoilers, is that the last 25 minutes of the film, uh, it I, all I'll say is that it deviates from... Ah, that's too much. I don't want to know that. Uh, I don't know that. How do but I it, put this? Um, yeah, no. I I, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, see, this is it. Like The ending... I liked the ending. 
I like the ending a lot. Um, I do feel that Quentin Tarantino was definitely saying something. Um, he was saying a lot about. Uh... <laughs> no, like I, I, I think. Mm, okay, as much as okay, right. Here's how I'll put it. Here's how I'll, I'll fix this. Um, as much as the film was a love letter to Hollywood, mm. I feel the twenty-five minutes was the realities of Hollywood. No, 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 no. I feel like that was Quentin Tarantino ranting. And I was okay with it. Yeah. Okay, I was yeah. like, yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, I agree. With you. It's kind of like, we know you, you get, you see somebody getting really fucking angry and really shouting and really, really angry. I'm yeah, like, yeah. And you're kind of like, yeah, that's justified. That's justified. Nice I get one. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I see that. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, you're right. That's how I felt yeah. walking out. I walked out. I was like, "Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, that's good." Wow! Right? Yeah. And I don't want to like say, I see I the bloody thing. Yeah, but no. Yeah. yeah for like someone a, listening at home. Yeah, I think I think when you see it, you'll know what I'm talking about. Sure. And I at least my reaction to it was was, yeah, that makes sense. I get yeah. that. And when you talk about it being a love letter to Hollywood, the you know, is it famously movies about Hollywood are very well received? Yes. Is it too easy for the critics and so on? I'm thinking of something like The Artist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, no. I mean, I wouldn't put it in the same boat as The Artist because I felt I didn't like The Artist, to be honest. I always felt The Artist was really fucking twee. You must have loved La La Land. I did. <laughs> what? I really fu- I don't give a fuck. I love La La Land. It's way more twee. Yeah, I know, but I love La La I don't know why. I don't know why. Is I don't know why. I, I, I really love La La Land. Yeah, I know. I love them both. I just found... I don't know what it was about the artist. I found it kind of twee. I don't know what the fuck it was. You don't like a homage to cinema? I do. I do. I, <laughs> I, I, I enjoy... I see, this is it. Like, yeah, there's another part of this as well where I'm like, this felt very much my yen. Do right. You know kind of okay, way? yeah, yeah. As in like, I am a He's film. preaching to the choir. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, as in like, I absolutely love this, the, the early 60s. I love the music that was in this film. I love that whole era. I love how much he loves films. Is this just me loving yeah. this? That you know that kind of way. No, no. Like we talked last week about how the Irishman's coming out on Netflix and every da on the planet is going to download it. Exactly. Whereas this is lads who wear t-shirts. <laughs> is that too? No, no. Lads who wear shirts as well, and and some women, people who like pints will like Tarantino and well you don't drink I don't so drink. we're gonna find a common thread here but I know what you mean you know what I mean yeah there's an element I'm that. sure the audience knows they know exactly what I mean. yeah I feel like it's, it's, it's kind of like is it giving me exactly what I wanted Do you yeah. know kind of yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I don't know but um but yeah so this is that like is that the ultimate review of it where to a certain extent you're getting fed I mean no look no it's good I, I enjoyed yeah. it I enjoyed it I really liked it I really really liked it is it his best film? No. Really? No, definitely that, not. Yeah. Definitely not. It's definitely not his best film. Is it in his top three? I know we said we wouldn't do this. <laughs> I, it's just outside it, which I, is lovely. Which it is, would, I would, it's in his top five. Great. There you are. Yeah. It's in his top five. Um, I mean, I <laughs> He's know. He's made I, nine. <laughs> I, I, you know, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. Um, if I was to do a ranking and obviously I want to watch it again. So to call this my very, very tentative ranking. Yeah. I'll go Hateful Eight. I will go Death Proof. Yeah. 
I will. Are you swap them? Would you not? No, I would. No, I I I like death proof. Yeah, I, I like yeah, I like death proof. I like the idea of death proof. Yeah, I like exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I That's... won't do this for all of them. Sorry, go on. No, no, no. I'll go death proof. Uh, or no, sorry, hateful eight at number eight. Uh, death proof. Nine, at... nine. Oh, nine. Sorry, yeah, nine. Okay, so hateful eight is at nine. I will go death proof at number eight. At number seven, I will go. Um, I'm going to spoiler it for you. I bet it's Kill Bill Volume 2. No, 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 no. No way. Because um, it's one film. Kill Bill is one film. Uh, for number seven, I will go Django Unchained. For number six, I will go Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. For okay. number five, I'll go Kill Bill. For number four, I will go Inglorious Bastards. Okay, yeah. For number three, I will go Reservoir Dogs. For number two, I'll go Pulp Fiction. And then for number one, I'll go Jackie Brown. Now, that's me. There you have it. Yeah, yeah. That's me. Yeah, it's reasonable. Um, you could so it's watch, not in the top five. It's not in the top five. Yeah, yeah. Long story, fucking short. Yeah. I don't know. Like, see, this is it. Like, some days there's like, a real cliff edge there where the quality goes. There's it a is, lot of really it? good ones. Yeah, and, yeah. Like, I mean, I'll tell you now. Like, I'll probably go watch it and I'll come back and say, no, 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 take Kill Bill out of the top five. I would. Put, yeah. Once upon a time, I. This is it. Like right now in my head, I feel like Kill Bill. I enjoyed a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um. But I really enjoyed Once Upon a Time. I think Hollywood. I think because I think me having Kill Bill on DVD, ru- yeah. ruined Kill Bill a bit for me. Yeah, because you watched it so much. I should have seen it twice, and that should have three been years apart, and been like, "Oh my god, class!" Yeah, yeah, I yeah, because I was the same. I wore out my fucking DVD of Kill Bill, wore yeah. it out like, um, in between episodes of Family Guy. Yeah, <laughs> and the Sopranos. Remember the big box sets of Sopranos? These are Tarantino people. Yeah, it's just. Heads. Heads, yeah. Like spending fucking hours like watching the special features. Watching yeah, films with the with, yeah. with the director's comedy. Anyone who has one book on movies. Yeah. And wants to buy more, but I might not. Might not. Did I say me? <laughs> I've done it. Like that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. they're gonna love this. Those people, they're gonna love this. I can't wait. Yeah. Well, there you have it. <laughs> this has been a lovely chat. There's nice. been a lot of Tarantino in there. Yeah, I think we I was nervous. Yeah. Now, Jesus, we went an hour and five minutes. Holy oh, crap. good God. Well, I hope the listeners enjoyed themselves. Yeah, there we, go. Uh, we very much missed E. It yeah. has to be said. I think she would have bought. I hope she. I hope she goes to see it. This. Yeah, I hope she goes to see it. Um, I'm gonna have a ch- another. Yeah, it deserves channel. a follow. It does a follow. Up. Um, oh, we have one last piece of news, which is for next week we're gonna have uh, Good Boys is out. Yeah, Good Boys is out. Yeah, I'm going to see it tonight, and um, we're also gonna have an interview with Ivan Fitzpatrick, who is the director of Never Grow Old, it's this mm-hmm. Irish western with John Cusack and Emil Hirsch. Oh, he's yeah. coming in. Yeah, he's coming in this Friday. Oh, brilliant! So that'll be on uh, next week's episode, and uh, yeah. I don't know what the film is out next week, though. Never Grow Old is out next week. Give us a Good Boys synopsis. Oh, Good Boys synopsis, People yeah. People should go check out the Red Band trailer. The Red, yeah, like, yeah, that's it. You watch the Red Band trailer, you're basically getting the entire film. It's basically like uh, super bad, but the kids are like 10 years old. Yeah. You've got Jacob Tremblay from Room is in it. Um, and the top like, comment on YouTube underneath is South Park in real life. That's it. That's <laughs> it. That's exactly it. That's what I'm hoping for. If I go see that and I get South Park in real life, 100%. Red band. You got my money. I, yeah. like, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Do send in uh, your feedback on Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because I will be trawling through the comments uh, 
And that's it. I am on my holidays next week. So yeah, you, where are you going? Oh, you were telling me where Italia. You? Italia. We've got to Italia. Of their famous spuds. That's a brilliant joke. Uh, but yeah, you're going to have to figure out what to do. Uh, yeah, that's not my problem. Um, yeah. Much like this wasn't these. So uh, we'll see you next week. Well, not me. Mm-hmm.